what is First Fruits Sunday? Um, let's start with that. <laughs> uh, First Fruits Sunday is, is a tradition we started um, because we were a little bit jealous of this really cool uh, church called La Palabra Niel that does this thing called First Fruits Sunday that I heard about. And, uh, and I thought, I want to have that experience. So what their church does is based on the ancient biblical festival of bringing the first fruits, um, they would each bring something that represented their occupation on earth, and they'd bring it and set it on the altar during worship as a way of saying, all the parts of my life belong to God. And, um, and they would tell the story about this guy who brought in a giant air conditioning condenser unit because he was apparently an HVAC technician and he just carried this giant thing and then set it down on the altar in front of the church. And um, so that's kind of a weird story. But I could not get it out of my head. I just could not. Because what I, really, I realized was that I, I had a desire that all the pieces of my life would make sense in the context where I'm worshiping Jesus at church on Sunday, right? Um, so that's what we do on First Fruits Sunday. We're trying to connect with the ancient biblical festival of bringing our first fruits as, a, as an act of worship, but we're also connecting at a deeper layer with our understanding of our job and our occupation being something that matters to God and something we can bring to God in an act of worship. So, at a practical level, uh, here's what that's going to look like. Um, we're going to bring a small representation of our occupation. Now, if y'all, y'all, like, there's, a, there's probably like 20 people in this room who are here for the first time. They're like, I was supposed to bring something? What is this? Okay, it's okay. You have time to run out to your car, grab something, and come back. You have time to rifle through your purse and look for something or through your wallet. Um, you have time. We also are going to provide, we've got pens and paper. You can write something down. Um, okay, so... A small representative something having to do with your job. And then we'll have a worship time at the end of the service. And after a while, I'll invite people, come on and bring something forward. And people bring things forward and place them on the altar. This is not a real altar. It is a folding table with a beautiful um, uh, cloth on it, okay? And um, we're going to bring things and set them on the altar as an act of worship. And, uh, um, and they're not donations, Right? Why? Because many people will bring in their work laptop as the thing that most represents what they do all day, literally doing this and then this all day. And so they bring that forward and say, this work laptop, I dedicate it to the Lord, my job, my typing, you know. Um, okay, is, are we tracking here? It is not a donation. Um, if you leave it here, we will work very hard to take care of it in some equitable way, but you are not trying to donate things. It's more like a wave offering in the biblical sense, Amen. Okay, great. So start thinking about what you can grab from your car that represents your occupation on earth. Now, the biblical festival of first fruits and what it means for us today. Uh, that's what we're going to tackle. And just one or two more things I want to get out of the way. Um, one thing that makes it hard for us to interact with this idea of occupation being meaningful in the context of knowing God is that we have a false idea that there is a secular world and a sacred spiritual world that are apart from each other and should be apart from each other, right? Compartmentalizing is a convenient way to manage which email account to use for things, but it is a poor way to run your soul um, because you are still you at work and you are still you here. Um, amen? 
And furthermore, God is still God when you are work, and God is still God when you are here. And so we need to kind of break some of those walls down. And um, um, because, like, let me try to take this to that tenderness level we were stabbing at earlier. God loves you so much that there is not any area of your life that he does not want to share with you. I'm going to say it again. God cares about you so much that there is not any area of your human experience that he does not want to share with you. Can you believe that? You might not even like your job, but God wants to go to it with you and be present while you do your work. Can you believe that? It's not because your job is interesting. It's because God cares about you. Are you tracking with me? And again, it's not even that your work is important. I mean, God is God, right? You don't need to try and prove something important to the creator of the universe. He wants to be with you at your job, in your occupation, with you, and to because he is so desirous to connect with you and to be with you, right? He doesn't want to be your pen pal. He wants to be with you in all the living of your life. Amen. And therefore, all of life is sacred, right? Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts and be with us in all the parts of our day, of our week. And therefore, every place is sacred. Therefore, it is appropriate. Y'all have a laptop probably at work. And if you don't, God bless you. You have a great job, okay? And you open it up, and you're like, crack your knuckles, and you're like, 60 words a minute. We're going to kill it today, right? Before you do that, before you reach for the power button, I want you to take a deep breath and be like, Jesus, I believe you're here with me at work today. That is an appropriate work activity. It will make you better at your job probably, okay? Take a deep breath and say the name of Jesus as you get to work in the morning. And then let's do the opposite thing, right? Why don't you bring your work problems in this room? Oh, man, come on, pastor. I don't want to bring my work problems here. But you got work problems. You got a conflict with your coworker? Maybe God has a solution for you, okay? You have, a, you, have a, you have a deadline that you do not believe your project team can meet? Hey, that is a problem that God cares about, and it matters in this room. Are you tracking with me? This sacred, this sacred, uh, sacred secular divide is silly, right? We should bring the concerns of our work world into the house of God so that God's solutions can be delivered to them, amen? And we should, bring our, we should bring our experience of knowing Jesus and walking in communion with him into our workplace um, because we need it and because it will make us better at what we do. All right. God really does care about your work. Some of y'all just need to hear that for the first time today. He cares. He cares about your work. Your job matters to him. And like not just because your job is like a mission field, but because God cares about you personally. All right. Uh, one other preface, I feel like sometimes a third of my sermon is prefacing, but if we miss the prefacing, then we like go sideways on the sermon, all right? We're talking about occupation and not vocation, right? This is a really kind of messed up city in the way that people greet new people. They're like, hey, what's your name? Oh, you have a name. That's nice that you have a name. What's your job? Mmm, that sounds like an important job. Are you tracking with me? You ever had that interaction here? Ugh, don't do that. Okay? All right? 
Let's talk about occupation and not vocation, right? Many of us have occupations that do not make money, like student, kind of a money-losing occupation in general, <laughs> right? But that is a serious occupation. People in Boston are given time and money to acquiring knowledge, right? Ability, skills. That's an occupation and not a vocation. It matters. God is with you as a student. How about this one? Uh, stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads, right? Yeah, louder. All right? Woo! All right. That is an occupation and not a vocation. Sadly, it is not one that earns money. I don't know how we need to figure that out one, um, figure that one out, but um, it's important, right? It's a God-given occupation, and Jesus is with us in that place, all right? Retired, right? When you're retired, if you, you, your imagination of what you'll do when you're retired is probably not accurate because when you're, when you're retired, you will still want to be engaged. God will still be putting purpose and value into your life to give to others, as a retired person, you will be investing in the next generation after you. And that'll be your joy to do that, right? If you're retired, this is for you. It's your occupation and not your vocation. And the last one, y'all unemployed people. Okay, this is a pretty good time to be unemployed, but that's not the speech you need, right? Unemployed is also a status that matters to God, right? You might be unemployed because you're working through a health concern to get back to the place where you can be engaged and work again. But, or you might just be like, hey, my job today is to look for work. And can you believe that God is ready to bless that? Can you believe that God does not see you as less than, right? That like when someone's like, oh, your name, oh, what's your occupation? Right? You're like, my occupation is job hunter. It's awesome, okay? It's valuable. It's valuable to God to be at any place of occupation that you have, amen? All right. So let's have a look at our our passage for today. Um, Lydia, you did a great job lead, reading it. I guess she's in ch children's ministry. Y'all can tell her I said it in the sermon. Um, but this is a, a slightly extended version of it here from Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11. Y'all Bible thumbers can get your actual Bible out and read it along with me here. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, this is written to the Israelites. Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket and then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God, and then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean, that's a reference to Jacob, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. And then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil, so that you, the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. 
then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given you and your household. All right. So, let's take a look at a couple things from this passage. Number one, it says put them in a basket, right? This isn't the tithe of your whole harvest field. This is just a representative sample, right? Like when you go to Costco and they're like, here, have this little tiny thing that makes you want to buy frozen food, okay? It's like that, just a little piece of it that represents the whole. And then it talks about the produce of the soil, right? Right now in the United States, at least in 2022, 2020, when I last looked this up, about 1.5% of people involved in agriculture, so 98.5 of us are not bringing something from the soil. But, but what is the pr- produce of your work, right? What is, it, what is it that your life produces on earth? Um, and again, listen to this phrase. I love this. I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land that the Lord swore to our forefathers to give us. Isn't that interesting? So, like, in 2022, I think it's called, like, uh, liquidity of labor or whatever, like, people have jobs over here, and people don't have jobs over there, so people just move around and figure it out. But in the ancient world, everybody was a subsistence farmer, and so if you needed, if you needed a job, you needed land. And so when it's talking about the land that God provided to the ancestors, it's talking about career provision for people, right? It's not like people could work remote in ancient Israel, okay? They had to be there on the land. And so when it's talking about, like, land that God gave to our ancestors, it's that act of faithfulness that we celebrate when we bring our produce to the altar. You tracking with me? It's not just, God, thank you for this tomato. It's, God, thank you for the for the job of growing this tomato, and God, thank you that there was land that I could show up and show up on and sow the seeds in the ground and harvest this tomato from, because it's God's faithfulness to your ancestors that brought you to this moment to, to bring something forward to the Lord. You tracking with me? And there's a lot to that, uh, the idea of ancestral faithfulness, and um, and so I'm not, I'm not going to go in some weird neo-colonial direction with this when I talk about the promised land, but Boston is the promised land for you. Ooh, people from Texas don't like when I say that. I don't know what their problem is. I, I love people from Texas, okay? You know, most of the people who discipled me in my life were Texans. I don't know what that's about. But Boston, Massachusetts is the promised land for you right now. That's a little bit bold. Why, do I have, why, do I, why would I have the boldness to say that? Because God is blessing you in the present. He is blessing you in the present. Your occupation and his faithfulness to you, they're they're for you to experience right now. Right now at church on Sunday, tomorrow at work on Monday. Amen? This is the place where God is expressing his goodness to you. Therefore, Boston is your promised land. You made it. You're here. This is the place where God is going to show you his faithfulness, show you his goodness, all right? And you might be thinking, like, oh, I just came here to get my degree. Oh, I just came here to first step on the ladder before I get to where it's really going to be great for me. Sorry to tell you, man, Boston is the promised land. This is where we find the goodness of God, where we worship him and experience his provision. And what I love about this passage, it's like they're telling the story of God's faithfulness through time. And God's faithfulness through time has to do with work. It has to do with contribution. It has to do with the land, right? So like we were taken to Egypt. We used to be somebody's property in a foreign land. And now 
We're in the promised land where God has established our ancestors and we experience the faithfulness of God in connection to our everyday work. Therefore, right? It says, therefore, we bring to the Lord something from our occupation and say, thank you, God. You're allowed to say, God, I don't like my job, but thank you, Lord. Thank you that I have this job. Thank you that you're showing your faithfulness to me in the land of the living here today. Amen? All right. And I'm going to add just one more layer of meaning to this um, before we begin um, to respond. So I'm going to invite the band to come on up. Um, all right. So in Hebrew, the name of this festival, the First Fruits, first fruits is... Um, uh, let me actually find it in my notes because if I mispronounce it, someone later will let me know. Um, <laughs> all right. In Hebrew, Shavuot was the name of this festival, right? All right. That'll be on the the test at the end of the class. Um, But the name for this festival in Greek was Pentecost. It's an interesting one, right? Anybody ever heard of Pentecost? Yeah, okay. We're a little bit into that as a church. We're actually kind of a lot into that as a church. All right, Pentecost, right? That was the day that the Holy Spirit was first poured out on the church. People began to experience spiritual gifts. Um, A couple blocks away, in the temple of the Lord, people are bringing their first fruits before the altar and saying, God, thank you for the occupation you've given me. Thank you, God, for the faithfulness you've shown to me in the land where I am. And they're bringing it to the altar and saying, Lord, you've been so good. You've been so good to me, Lord. And there's an amazing part of this, too, where we can say that the church are the first fruits, right? That day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out was the first fruits of the church. Right? Just one little basket of Christians in this little tiny room. And God poured out his spirit on them as a representation of all of us, right? It's a beautiful thing. So that's what we're going to do today. First Fruit Sunday. So, um, so uh, as the band begins to play, um, the first step is we're just going to reflect. This is also the time when you can run out to your car and get that thing you thought of earlier. Um, we're just going to reflect. Take a moment and consider Gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my occupation. Thank you for the thing that I do every day. Thank you that you want to be with me. We're just going to reflect on that for a little bit together. Um, and then after a while, I'll, I'll come forward and I'll invite people to begin bringing things forward to place on the altar. You can use the prayer from this passage, right? Thank you about the, about the faithfulness of the Lord and how we bow down and, and place this occupation God has given us on the altar. Um, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to interact as a, as a congregation with a faithful God who has shown his goodness to us um, through his faithfulness to us in the land. Amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you for your kindness. God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to our ancestors, God. You know? Uh, thank you to my, thank you, God, for your faithfulness to my own ancestors who showed up in this country, God. Um, you've been faithful, Lord, to establish us, Lord. You're so kind. 